Well, as it's Pentecost, I thought I'd just think a little bit about the Holy Spirit, which um, seems to be the theme of the day. Um, sometimes I struggle a bit with um, the concept of the Holy Spirit. You can kind of work out Father God a little bit and you can work out Jesus because he's in the Bible and he's described and everything. But the only time that the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the Bible is um, when he comes down as a dove to land on Jesus after he comes out of the waters of baptism. That's the only physical description that we have, I think, in the Bible. It's the only one I could find anyway. Um, and it's, so it's sometimes a bit of a difficult concept to understand. The Holy Spirit is actually mentioned in the Bible over 90 times. Um, so I thought I'd start with some definitions, because I quite like definitions, and they make things a little bit clearer. So I thought I'd start with holy. What does holy mean? And what does it mean to be holy? Well, apparently the English word goes back to the 11th century, and it's derived from the word that means whole. And that is in the sense of being un uninjured, sound, complete, and healthy. And perfect could be another word. So something that's holy is something that's whole and healthy and perfect. A bit like the sacrificial animals that um, had to be offered in the Old Testament. They all had to be perfect, unblemished animals. The word spirit is described in the Oxford English Dictionary as being the non-physical part of a person. It's the seat of the emotions and the character. It's the part regarded as being the person's true self. So altogether, the Holy Spirit could be described as God's true self, his character, and he's complete and he's perfect. So we know that he's distinct from Jesus and the Father because at the end of Matthew, when Jesus gives the great commission to the disciples, he says, go and baptize in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So we know he's a separate entity. So what does the Holy Spirit show us about God's character? He's got lots of names and he's mentioned lots of times in the Bible. I'll read out just a few examples, although by no means uh, endless. Um, each name that he has seems to describe a function or an aspect of his ministry. So in John chapter 14 to 16, Jesus calls him the comforter or the counsellor. He calls him the teacher and the guide. In Romans 8 verse 26, Paul says he intercedes for us, which has been mentioned this morning too. And that means that he pleads our case before God on our behalf. Matthew 4, verse 1, he leads us, and in John 6, he gives life. We know that he can be grieved, because in Isaiah 63, it says that the Israelites rebelled and grieved the Holy Spirit. But he also loves us, as Paul says in Romans 15, and he brings us fellowship, as in the words of the grace, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. He speaks to us, as in Acts 8.29, for one example, though there's loads of them, when he told Philip to go and stay near the chariot of the Ethiopian eunuch. And he also speaks just loads of other times, in Acts particularly, and in the letters from Paul. And as we believe that God is the same today, yesterday, and forever, this means he must still speak to us today, if we have ears to hear. In John 14, Jesus says, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, and the, word, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. 
but we can know him because he lives with us and is in us. Those are Jesus' words. When he lives in us, he is able to give, the, give us the fruits of the Spirit, which, as we know, are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's from Galatians 5. There are loads more references to the Holy Spirit, his character, and his work in the Bible. But what does it mean to us today? As we've seen, he's got many functions, roles, and activities, but we need to stay in touch with him to fully benefit from what he has to offer us today. Prayer can be one way of doing this. Making time to quietly reconnect with God at the start of the day can make my day go much better. By realizing afresh who God is, what Jesus has done for us, and by asking the Holy Spirit to help us through our day, whether it's going to be a good one or a bad one, we put God back on the throne of our lives. I don't know about you, but as the day goes on, quite often I'll nudge God slowly off the throne and I'll try and climb back on myself, try and put myself back in charge. Um, and then things start to go wrong. So, uh, And I get grumpy and I realize what I've done. Um, and I do realize that I can't do it half as well as he can. So I have to climb up again. By putting the Holy Spirit and God in charge of our daily life every day, I do get into less trouble, and I'm certainly happier for it. So, Prayer also opens the door of communication between us and the Holy Spirit. Any relationship has to have two-way communication, as I'm sure we all know. If our husband or wife or friend or teacher talks continually and therefore listens to a word we say, relationships can't grow from that. It becomes frustrating and is unlikely to become a productive and fulfilling relationship. And God has made us in his image, so we have to do the same. It must apply to him as well. So we need to talk to him, but we also need to learn how to listen. To this can take time and practice, but God does promise us way back in Deuteronomy that when we seek him with all our hearts, we will find him. And if we make time for him, he will certainly make time for us. Another way of staying in touch with the Holy Spirit is by regularly reading the Bible. In Ephesians, it says the sword of the Spirit is the word of God, which means that the Spirit is found in the word. The first verse of John's Gospel <coughs> is, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, also suggesting that the Holy Spirit is in the word. <coughs> and Hebrews 4, verse 12 says, The word of God is alive, active, and sharp. This all means that the Holy Spirit is very able to speak to us through the Bible. So if we have trouble listening to him or hearing from him, we need to read our Bibles. Maybe find a translation that we like. There's lots of different ones. Last year, I committed to read the Bible in a year. Um, it was hard. And sometimes I had to kind of catch up a few weeks, a few days with myself a little bit um, if I got behind. But it was really worth it. I use the New Living Translation, which translates it into more uh, daily kind of English, daily language. And it was a real blessing. It was a real good thing to do. I found that it tied the Bible together, the, the whole thing tied together in a way that I hadn't seen before. And I found myself actually looking forward to reading it 
<clears throat> and catching up with it because the Holy Spirit could reveal more of himself to me through it. it made it lots more interesting than I'd ever seen it before. So um, it was a good thing to do. <clears throat> One more way of staying in touch with the Holy Spirit is through fellowship. As I mentioned before, in saying of the grace, this is an area where the Holy Spirit can have, has got charge and control. He can use other people to help us, support us, and encourage us. And we should take every opportunity to meet together as a family and encourage each other using the fruits of the Spirit. <clears throat> this doesn't just mean church, but it can mean other Christian occasions, prayer groups, friends, Christian friends, squeeze, street pastors, spring harvest, all of those things, by keeping in touch with one another, talking about what God has been doing for us, recommending books, songs, praying for each other, and all of that, we build each other up and we keep each other going through the hard times that do come our way and the rocky paths that we have to travel in this life. 